0: All righty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter podcast for the 28th of, no, wait, March, 28th, I almost said May, the 28th of March. Twenty twenty three. Happy Tuesday to you. Hope all is well. We've got an action packed program to irritate everybody today, as we do every day, because the stupidity never does, in fact, stop. But first, check out Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or dot com. Help out the show, get extra content, enter contests, and just feel a general sense of. Well being that perhaps is long overdue in your life. Maybe not. But uh, check it out. Appreciate the hell out of the support. All right, let's get started. There is a lot going on today. There's a bunch of stuff to talk about, a bunch of stories to get into, a bunch of audio. The hypocrisy, of course, runs deep on the left, the absurdity runs deep on the left. I have a great media montage from the Media Research Center. About Actually, let's start with that. Because the Media Research Center is going into detail. They do, God, I almost feel sorry for these people who work there because they watch this garbage, they listen to this garbage, and then they catalog this stuff. Now I get it, most of the... uh, most of the, what do you call it, the uh, transcripting, the transcribing, transcribing. Most of the transcribing is done automatically by computers these days, but you have to make sure that it actually works. And so they go through, and they've got to confirm, because you can get something, you get a false positive, false negative, whatever. They go through and they catalog these things. And I just want to illustrate to you, because it, it, it demonstrates how everything is covered, how everything is sort of butchered and bastardized in this media landscape today. They did a study, and I I say, God bless them, because they went through and they checked and double-checked. That's the thing about being a conservative. If you're going to do something, if you're going to assert something, you better be damn sure, especially if it makes leftists look, well, like leftists. You better be damn sure if you aren't damn sure and you made one mistake, you didn't dot one I, you didn't cross one T. The left is going to come down on you the way the left tries to come down on everything that doesn't conform with what they demand. So you have to make sure that you're right. Or just report something that is so damaging to the left that even if you, you can pick a hole in, poke a hole in it, they 're not going to report on it because they don 't want the world to know the uh, media research center it 's at uh, newsbusters dot org networks obsess over far right oblivious to far left. Now, far right and far left are in quotation marks. Television broadcast networks tend to slap far right labels onto anything even remotely conservative, often referring to Republican members of Congress, fringe conspiracy theorists, and outright domestic terrorists with identical terminology in all three. Yet these same networks refuse to even acknowledge the existence of a far left. In fact, since the 2022 midterms, now, this isn't that long of a window. This is wide of a window. Since the 2022 midterms, they have not applied that label to any group or individual a single time, meaning far left. Nothing. Doesn't matter. There are riots down in Atlanta because some trans goon who was trying to kill a police officer got shot by police officers. And, of course, the left went crazy. And right. that's not far left. Nope. An MRC, a Media Research Center study, found that between November 9th, 2022, the day after the 2022 midterm elections, and March 21st, broadcast networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC, used such terms as far-right, extreme-right, and ultra-conservative a total of 101 times on their flagship morning and evening shows, as well as their Sunday political talk shows. Now, that's a lot of times. In not that much time. During that same period, analysts found only one instance in which a journalist used the equivalent far-left label. That single case occurred on January 22nd edition of NBC's Meet the Press, in which moderator Chuck Todd attempted to frame the overturned Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision as a, quote, middle ground compromise in the abortion debate, quote, when you look at the public's opinion about Roe, and in some ways Roe has become more popular since it was overturned, is the middle ground, the public. You know, maybe nobody loved it on the far left and far right, but it was actually the right middle ground. Was it actually the right middle ground for the American public? End quote. That is the only instance that far left, Uber left, extreme left, any kind of left was used since November 9th, since the midterm elections. Now, the Media Research Center put together a little montage. Now, keep in mind, we're dealing with 101 to 1. The montage I'm going to play doesn't have 101 examples of the media using right far, but it does have a lot of them. So it's actually not all that long, and you can kind of figure out the context, but more so you can hear the contempt dripping from the voices of these so-called reporters. It is what tells you so much about our media today. Some in the ultra-conservative wing of the Republican caucus, are willing to crash this global economy,
1: and then they'll go ahead and blame President Biden. The House Freedom Caucus, which is the f- sort of far-right, ultra-conservative wing. And the Freedom Caucus, that ultra-conservative faction. A small group of ultra-conservative Republicans deny McCarthy the speaker's gavel. Hard-right factions of the GOP. Hard-right wing conservative. The ultra-conservative Never Kevin Caucus won a number of concessions from California's Kevin McCarthy. Benjamin Netanyahu sworn in for a record six time as prime minister. I sure. He's leading what could be the most right-wing and religiously conservative government
2: in the country's history. A coalition described as the most extreme right-wing in the country's history.
1: What is being called the most right-wing government, the most far-right in the country's history. You're very focused on school board races in Illinois to make sure extreme right-wing candidates aren't dominating. These extreme MAGA people who are still supporting him. Far-right conspiracy theorists. Some of those far-right members. Far-right former president Jair
2: Bolsonaro. The targeted group's ideology is similar to that of far-right groups here in the U.S. Far-right threat inside the United States. What this man had was a uh,
1: very far-right viewpoint. Megan faced credible threats from far-right right extremists. They're very far-right, uh, and they seem to be small, anti-democratic
0: leaning in their nature. See, it's, there's no difference. The House Freedom Caucus and somebody threatening to kill somebody uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're interchangeable, and you could say, well, they're just incredibly lazy, and they are. But the motivation behind it, ultimately, what the individual's reasons for being so individually lazy is up to that person. The overarching reason such laziness exists is media bias. Other people will just go along with it because they're lazy. But it gets done in the first place, and it becomes the norm out of bias, you see. That's why it matters. That's why it matters. You have a situation here, and it's the double standards. The double standards, I cannot stand hypocrisy. I cannot stand the double standards. But the double standards will also rip the country apart. The American people truly begin to realize and believe and wake up to the fact that Democrats are constructing a two tiered justice system, one for them and one for everybody else. There's going to be a lot, a lot of problems, a lot of trouble, a lot of there's a lot of juries are kind of part of it. The jury know be a Republican and get tried in Washington, D.C. for any sort of trumped up charges and you're it's done. You have to, you know, win on appeal. Your only chance is to get a decent judge on appeal. Be a Democrat and be caught doing literally anything, and you will not be convicted in Washington, D.C. It's a team sport. It starts there. It spreads elsewhere. And if people start seeing more and more, you know, all the rioters in St. Louis, all the charges dropped. Oh, they're rioting. They burn the hell out of them. They kill a cop. They do. And you know what? We're not going to make an example out of these people. It's wrong. It's wrong. They've already suffered enough because of their skin color. What? Rich, white, suburbanite, trust fund brats? They're, they're really the ones taking to this. They're the ones leading Antifa. BLM's leadership is too busy buying more real estate to pay attention to what's going on they've seeded they've seeded their membership their money their leadership their responsibilities to the uh to the antifa wing it's uh, like the afl and the cio ah the cio just kind of lets the afl run things while they're sitting on the beach that kind of stuff but as soon as people realize hey wait a second People on the right, people not on the right but not on the left, people in the middle, just average people. The store owner gets charged with murder because he shoots a goon who comes in and tries to hold him up at gunpoint. You shoot back, you fight back. You watch all these videos and it's one of the most frustrating things as a person. You can sit there and watch. You watch these jackasses going through the drug stores, going through the whatever stores with garbage bags. And they're filling their garbage bags with whatever it is that they can sell on eBay for afford. eBay's got to have a reckoning about this, by the way, at some point. But filling their bag with whatever they can, they can flip over on eBay for the most profit. And employees are just kind of standing around filming this. And customers are standing around going, if somebody's got to do something, what is, what's going on? We need, and they realize they're paying more for everything because of these idiots. Sooner or later, somebody's going to pick up something. And beat holy hell out of these people. Somebody's going to clock somebody upside the head. Somebody's going to come from a softball game or something, and they're going to kneecap somebody and break their damn leg. They're going to stop the criminal activity right there in its tracks. And normal people will go, oh, thank God. It's about time somebody was there with the opportunity, and they took it. And some left-wing prosecutor is going to go, well, this is unacceptable. We can't have this. We can't have this. And they're going to charge those people. They're going to charge that person. That person will be charged. Whereas, like in California, unless you steal $950 worth of stuff, you're not going to be charged with anything. $950 Nine hundred fifty dollars is the the cutoff where it becomes from misdemeanor to a felony, and they've announced that they're not going to prosecute misdemeanors. So you just keep a rolling total, and you go. Eh, that's about eight hundred ish dollars. I'm gonna get five hundred for it on eBay. That's good enough. And you walk out. Why? Because you can. We got more room in the forty gallon garbage bag, but you can go back the next day. You can go to a different store that day. It doesn't matter. You know the rules. When somebody comes up and administers some genuine justice, they're going to be the ones charged. We've seen it across the country with these left-wing prosecutors. Somebody comes in with a gun, they point it at the clerk, they want the money from the register, and instead they get the shotgun from, um, from under the counter, or the pistol from under the counter, and they shoot them. And then, well, you shot them too many times. Uh, no, there's no such thing. you got somebody with a gun pointed at you, you don't shoot them once and then go, okay, are they still able to shoot me? They are? All right, I'll shoot them one more time. Can they still shoot me? This isn't an Alec, life isn't an Alec Baldwin movie. You shoot until you are damn sure they can't hurt anybody else. Or you're out of ammunition. But you'll get charged for that. You'll get charged for that. And the person you shot, if they live, will be a star witness in the prosecution against you. It's the two-tiered justice system. What was Steve Bannon convicted of? Defying a congressional subpoena. Standing up to Congress. He was held in contempt of Congress because he refused to comply, think what you will, of Steve Bannon. I've known Steve for a very long time. I have my opinions on Steve. They have nothing to do with what's going on with Steve. He's facing a jail term. Now, He'll likely it'll be overturned on appeal because it's absurd and it's another example of how Juries in Washington, D.C. will prosecute, will persecute, will go after Republicans, yet you get a Democrat, the exact same thing. Paul Manafort got jail time and... uh, Democrats doing the same thing oh I forgot to register as a foreign agent they don't get any jailed Hunter Biden's running around getting literally millions upon millions of dollars shoveled to him from overseas companies and individuals and governments and he's never once registered as a foreign agent as far as I know and never even run risk of being charged as a foreign agent to double standard Manafort goes to jail until he was pardoned by Trump Now, I want to play it because along those lines, just the ultimate hypocrisy from Eric Holder, the former attorney general of the United States under Barack Obama, he was the first attorney general, maybe even the first cabinet secretary to have been held in contempt of Congress, contempt of Congress. Now, again, Bannon, contempt of Congress, convicted, prosecuted. I mean, forget, look, if the jury says no way, whatever. But he was prosecuted. Eric Holder was the head of the Justice Department, and he decided, nope, not going to do that. His successor said, we're not going to look into that. The Trump administration said, we're not going to pursue this. Why? Who knows why? Stupidity, I'd imagine. They sort of were playing by the Marcus of Queensbury rules, not realizing that the left had set that book on fire. But Eric Holder was on Ginger Goebbels' show. She's got a new show. I don't know what the hell it's called. I can't remember what it's called. I'll look it up while I play this audio. But he was on with uh, Ginger Goebbels talking about the uh, prosecutor Alvin Bragg up there in New York and whether or not Bragg should comply. Republicans, I think Republicans are stupid and just sending this letter to Bragg. They just want to be seen doing something. They want to glom on to what's going on. It's stupid. It's dumb. It's pointless, but it's for show. I hate it when the left does things for show. I hate it when the right does things for show. How about you just do what you're supposed to do and let the, leave the rest alone? You can't. No prosecutor in the whole country is going to come up and testify about an ongoing investigation, no matter how bogus that ongoing investigation is, because that's not how our justice system works. You don't want it to work that way. But he was... Uh, anyway, Eric Holder was on. It was called Inside with Jen Psaki. And this guy... Goes on about how, well, let him explain it to you.
1: There was another letter, a second letter here. I read it last night, highlighted it. I'm a little bit of a nerd Um, that was sent uh, by a bunch of Republican leaders in Congress, Jim Jordan being one of them, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. And they seem to kind of double down on both their request for documents and and, and information on this state uh, or this Manhattan D.A. case. Uh, And they also seem to suggest that they wanted to remove former presidents from being able to be prosecuted at all. Or that's kind of how I. I read it. I'm not a lawyer. Um, tell us a little bit about how uncommon this is, or what is the is it is there ever a scenario where Congress should be seeking information from an ongoing state local investigation?
2: I know of no instance where you've seen Congress asking about a state or local prosecution. Um, they frequently will ask questions about federal prosecutions, and even those, they get the hand, the back of the hand to those because you don't talk about ongoing investigations. The notion that you know, Jim Jordan, who ignored a subpoena to testify in the January 6th investigation, would now have the temerity to try to inject himself into a state, into a state uh, local prosecution it is the height of hypocrisy. And um, it'll be something that, I, you know, I'm sure that the DA will respond to. My guess would be it will be a much shorter um, response than the letter that actually was sent to him. Uh, it's not the kind of thing you don't ignore it um, because you, sh- you should give, you know, the, the body, the Congress some degree of respect, um, but you're not going to take it seriously.
0: You're not going to take it seriously. It's not like uh, it's contempt to Congress. You know, you shouldn't take that seriously. By the way, um, like I say, he's right on certain things. The prosecutor, no prosecutor should be answering questions about an ongoing investigation before Congress. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. But to say that this is a local matter, oh, man, it's just a local, local, local. It's a, a state and local issue uh the the alleged crime is a federal crime is what he's charging he's making Bragg is making this up as he goes along, and he's using federal statutes to somehow magically reopen state statutes when the statute of limitation has has run its course the two year statute of limitations in the state of New York that would have expired at what two thousand seventeen. And he's now, by the way, the federal statute of limitations is five years. That one's also run its course, but it doesn't matter. He's making it up. If it's true, I don't know that I believe any of this stuff, to be honest with you. We've got to remember, you're dealing with a tweet from Donald Trump from a week ago. I'm going to be arrested. And then he wasn't arrested. Where's the arrest? Well, he scared him. Do you really think he scared him off? If the guy's the suicide bomber, they said, do you really think he is? We don't know anything and not being able to learn anything from a grand jury frees up certain people who have various agendas to make stuff up all they want. Right. The story immediately became about how Donald, why, why is it Ron DeSantis defending Donald Trump? And then when Ron DeSantis eventually got around to defending Donald Trump and attacking Bragg, what happened? Donald Trump attacked Ron DeSantis. It's not enough. So. I don't know. I wouldn't put anything past any politician. And Donald Trump is a politician. As much as people want to pretend, he's not. He's a politician. I'm sorry, you don't get to be president of the United States and not be a politician. That's just the way of the world. You don't have to like it. But your like of it or dislike of it has no bearing on whether or not it's true. Because it is true. He's a politician. So, but the irony of... Eric Holder going. Oh, you gotta gotta take gotta show respect to the body. You gotta do this. You gotta. Eric Holder was held in contempt of Congress. Why? Because remember, Fast and Furious. We still don't know who authorized Fast and Furious. And the reason we don't know who authorized Fast and Furious is Eric Holder. Documents regarding the decision making to force the sale of weapons. To drug cartels in Mexico, those documents, we don't know where they are. We don't know who the person was who, ultimately, if you will forgive the pun, not intended, pulled the trigger on authorizing Fast and Furious is unknown. So he hid it. He refused to comply. Congress issued a subpoena for those documents since he would not turn them over as part of Congress's regular oversight duties. The subpoena went out. The subpoena was just. The subpoena was legal. The subpoena was ignored. Therefore, the House of Representatives voted to hold him in contempt for defying a congressional subpoena. The Justice Department, well, the prosecutor, the federal prosecutor in Washington D.C., who reported to Eric Holder at the time, refused to prosecute. Now we're led to believe that the prosecutor did this, came to this conclusion all on their own. It was not a coordinated effort. There was certainly no no order given from on high by the attorney general, et cetera, et cetera. If you believe that, I have some oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you, but whatever. We still to this day don't know. We still to this day don't have these documents. I'm not sure why the the, uh, Trump administration did not order their release. Maybe they did. I'm not that familiar with it. All I know is we don't know. All I know is they also decided not to prosecute Eric Holder. Why? Because, and this was the argument every time there's an administration change, there's always something that the base of whatever party is like, oh, this is an outrage. George Bush is a war criminal. The Obama administration actually tried, toyed with the idea of prosecuting, if you remember, they toyed with the idea of prosecuting the CIA interrogators of terrorists because Democrats always choose the side of terrorists over Americans and over people looking for the best interest of Americans. They were looking at... They wanted to prosecute them. Why? Because the left was like, oh my God, you poured water up the nose of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. This is an outrage. Don't you understand how irritating that can be to the nasal passages it's just wrong sure he was the mastermind behind the 911 attacks that killed 3000 Americans but that doesn't mean that you can throw a drink in his face and so the Biden the Obama administration was looking into that and then the uh, lead CIA interrogator did what and thank God he did it he took the videotapes of those interrogations of the four, only four people had water poured up their nose. He took the videotape and destroyed it. Destroyed it. That was the evidence that the Obama administration was seeking so that they might prosecute. Up until then, previous administrations had all said, we're not going to, no, we're looking forward, not back. The Obama administration and the left by 2009 had moved to the point that they so hated America that they would have. They wanted to. They had that bloodlust in them. But realistically, there were certain things that should have been looked into. Go back to 2001, go back to the George W. Bush administration, when the Clinton administration had taken a fortune from China, from Chinese communists, the famous Buddhist monk retreat fundraiser that Al Gore attended that wasn't the only event it was the White House coffees remember that and renting out the Lincoln bedroom and all the people who were throwing money at the Clintons a lot of that money was illegal Chinese campaign contributions from Chinese nationals including and especially the $200,000 that Al Gore got from monks from China that took a vow of poverty and somehow he didn't question it. The Bush administration came in and I remember they were asked, are you going to look into these things? And their answer was, it's not a direct quote, but it's damn near a direct quote. We're looking forward, not backward. We're looking forward, not backward. We've thought about this and we're looking forward, not backward. Well, every prosecutor needs to look backwards because every crime is already committed. So what do you mean you're looking forward, not backward? That is just, you know, absolution. It's the one, it's the the swamp. It's the people in power taking care of the people in power. Yeah, they're on different teams the way that the Harlem Globetrotters and the Washington Generals are on different teams, but everybody's in on the gag. Everybody knows which bucket has the water and which bucket has the confetti. Well, that's part of the problem here in the country. Hopefully, with the Biden administration and the current iteration of Democrats doing what they're doing now and saying, well, we're going to no holds barred, get Trump, get people associated with Trump. They're not going to be able to convict Trump of anything, at least anything that sticks. They just want to charge Trump. If Alvin Bragg were to charge Trump, and I'm not convinced he will, I think he's more likely to face charges in Georgia, which I think are even more BS, because the context in which Donald Trump said you need to find 11,000 votes is pretty plainly obvious to anybody who isn't a complete partisan hack that he was talking about fraud. But that's beside the point. He wasn't inspiring fraud. He wasn't ordering fraud. But, you know, whether or not he slept with a porn star, I think he probably did. I don't care. By the way, Donald Trump isn't helping his own cause, by the way. He went and did a rally down in Texas. I saw somebody tweet this this morning about the difference between Donald Trump in 2016 and Donald Trump today. Donald Trump in 2016, his rallies were about the problems of the American people, whereas Donald Trump today's rallies are about his problems. I don't. I haven't watched a rally of Donald Trump since 2016. I, they, they got repetitive for me because I'd seen so many of them. But uh, from the clips I've seen, that seems true. And if you want to talk about somebody who's not particularly helping their cause, I do have one clip because I, mean, I, I get the emails. Why aren't you covering Trump's rallies? Because he doesn't really say anything. He doesn't really say anything. But in this case, when he's talking about Bragg and then he shifts gears, now he could have made a very compelling case against Alvin Bragg because, well, what Alvin Bragg is doing is garbage. Instead, though, he decided to, in the middle of the start of making a potentially compelling case against Bragg, he decided to make jokes about the face of Stormy Daniels. Why? Your guess is as good as mine. The District Attorney of New York, under the auspices and direction of the Department of Injustice in Washington, D.C., was investigating me for something that is not a crime, not a misdemeanor, not an affair. I never liked Horse face, I never liked. I never, it's just not It's terrible for That wouldn't be the one. There is no one. We have a great first lady. That wouldn't be the one. Uh, Horse face. Horse face. He's essentially saying, I didn't have an affair with Storm. She's too ugly for me to have, have had sex with. I just, I don't, look, I get it. He still could stand on Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody point blank in the face and still get away with it and not lose any support. By the way, so could Joe, so could any average Democrat. It's it's team politics these days. But I don't understand why when you could make, you got a large audience there, you'd lay out why what Alvin Bragg is alleged to be doing – You choose not to, and you could, you're on television, you've got this audience, do it, lay out the case in a way that only you can, and instead you deviate to, "Ah, that porn star is far too ugly for me to have had sex with. Seems counterproductive to me. I want to shift gears away from Donald Trump and away from Joe Biden for a second to just this story from the environment. Envi- we got from John Kerry audio. That's absolutely hilarious. But I'm looking at the uh, Baltimore Sun this morning, and I see this. Lawmakers to propose emergency legislation to stop treating train derailment wastewater at Baltimore facility. Okay. Well, it's the story. Maryland legislators are scrambling to halt the release of treated wastewater from the East Palestine, Ohio, train derailment site into the Baltimore sewer system. Now, first of all, Remember East Palestine? That story went away. And I tell you that story was going to go away. Joe Biden never went there. Joe Biden never went anywhere near there. The media has done it. It's, it's still a disaster. But the media is done with the story. They reported as much as they absolutely had to. And then they got the hell out of Dodge as quickly as they possibly could. Secretary Mayor Pete went there. Remember, Joe Biden said at the height of that, I'll go there. I'll go there. And then he hasn't gone. He's gone to visit Justin Trudeau up in Canada, but he has not gone to visit Americans in East Palestine, Ohio. Anyway, state and local officials were notified Friday that the Norfolk Southern Railroad hired Clean Harbors Environmental Services to remove toxic chemicals from water from the derailment site at its southwest Baltimore facility. Clean Harbors plans to put the treated water into Baltimore's sewer system where it would go to the problematic Black River wastewater treatment plant in Dundalk. Representatives, Adele, uh, Republican delegate Kathy Schlega and Ryan Nau Rocky of Baltimore County, I don't know how to pronounce it, said they have fielded phone calls from their fellow lawmakers and consulted with lawyers over the weekend in preparation for filing emergency legislation. early this week, they hope to stop Clean Harbors from sending wastewater to the Black River plant. Back river. Sorry, I miss. This is the problem with dyslexia. A train transporting hazardous materials. Blah blah blah. They got the story. Additional chemicals were later burned. Now, my problem with this is, we've got to clean the water somewhere. Do we not? We, the water has to be cleaned. And if the water, tr- I don't. I'm not super excited at the prospect of the water. This making it into there. But you have to, at some point, don't you have to believe in the wastewater treatment? To, because if you, I dated a girl one time for uh, from a place, she worked in a, a watershed protection sort of thing. I don't know what it was exactly, but it, we didn't date very long. But she told me a disturbing thing once, that every glass of water that you drink has passed through seven people already. That makes sense. There's only a certain amount of water on the face of the earth. All of it would have been drunk at some point. That water is processed for what it's needed and then it is returned in a form of a different type of liquid that then evaporates, gets rained down, things are separated, nature has a good way of filtering out these things and had a good way of filtering out these things and then human beings started introducing a bunch of chemicals into the mix. It wasn't... There wasn't a whole lot of mercury being dumped in the water. There wasn't a whole bunch of uh, nuclear waste and toxins and whatever being dumped in the water back 2,000 years ago or 200 years ago. But at a certain point, we started producing things that had byproducts. Some of those byproducts crept into the groundwater, polluted the groundwater, etc., etc. So we developed ways to remove the vast majority of this, these undesirable, even damaging things that are in our water. And let's be honest, you've, it's nice to think you flush your toilet, it goes away, you never see that water again. It's not how it works. The same. It goes back and forth. It's a circle of life. And the less you think about, just like you don't ever really want to see the kitchen of a restaurant you like. You don't want to see how your water is. You don't want to see how sausage is made. You don't want to see how bacon is made. You don't want to see anything about that. You just want to go about your business. Ignorance is bliss, or at least ignorance is not stomach churning and vomit inducing and then causing you to become a vegetarian or whatever. So you have that situation. If the wastewater from East Palestine, Ohio is untreatable. I don't believe it's untreatable. But then I want to – it's time to not say we can't treat this water. We're not even going to try whatever. It's time then to look at the water treatment factory, the water treatment plant, and the concept of water treatment at some point. Maybe there haven't been advances in technology in this front. But either it works or it doesn't work. If it does work, then clean this water. If it doesn't work, then we need to be made aware of it. But what has to happen absolutely before any of this is done is we have to know that it does work. We can't have a Flint situation where they mess up the water and then they go, oopsie, sorry, while you're in the midst of chugging a whole bunch of water because you just went to the gym. That's the real problem here is the lack of transparency. Show us unequivocally that this stuff works. And this, the water, by the way, is from East Palestine. It's been shipped all over the place. They need to clean the water. There's, it, they don't have the facilities in that one area to do it. So they're shipping it all over the place. I believe it can be cleaned. I believe it will be safe. And if you really, really got into it, it, people don't understand. Think of it like a hot dog. You've all heard the jokes about what's in a hot dog and what's there's a certain amount of rat hair or rodent excrement or whatever that's acceptable in hot dogs. It doesn't mean you're going to get a big bite that it's all concentrated in. But if you knew the parts per million or parts per billion that is acceptable of things that you wouldn't want on your, you'd feel uncomfortable if it were in your block. Being in your drinking water, you go, yeah, but it's small enough that it doesn't matter. Well, you've got two choices. You go about your business the way you always have, or you rather quickly die of dehydration because i promise you all of this stuff is in other water but i do find it interesting that these politicians and there's going to be a lot of them it's going to be very popular because if you just go with the surface you go well, this sounds horrible we don't want this toxic water anywhere near us either the water treatment facility works or it doesn't work it doesn't matter where the contaminated water is from either the process works Or it doesn't work. Maybe just maybe you want to, I don't know, focus a little bit more on oversight of these things than on things that will be wildly popular. Use things that are wildly popular, concepts that are wildly popular like this to then springboard into oversight of these things. Maybe some more testing, maybe reassure people instead of trying to scare the hell out of them. I don't know does seems like it but politicians from both sides of the aisle will uh will be all over this because why because it's easy publicity that's the problem with politics these days there's a reason to be concerned there's a reason to demand answers is there a reason to do something in an emergency fashion well you demand answers first said so, uh, Let's see. Delegate Nick Allen, a Democrat from Baltimore County, said the state and local officials were alarmed by the news of Clean Harbor's contract with Norfolk Southern and felt blindsided by the short notice from the EPA. Well, does the water treatment facility work or not? That should be the only question. It's the one question I don't really see being asked or answered here, because how do you scare the hell out of anybody and get their votes with something so level headed as a question like that? Huh? That's how politics works these days. Now, I kind of want to shift gears here to a little bit of Schadenfreude, because you know they're not necessarily bad people, but it's CNN, so you know, figure it out. But I, I there's, a, it's, <clears throat> there's this phenomenon on the left. And it's what they're trying to sort of push on everybody across the country—the idea that you are uh, you are your skin color, and that dictates how you vote. Period. End of story. It should dictate how you vo- you should vote. Only somebody of a certain skin color can represent somebody of a certain skin color. Only somebody of a certain uh, gender can re- and sexual orientation. That's why you see these politicians these transgender politicians talking about representing my community well I, i'm pretty sure you're supposed to represent everybody in your area you're not supposed to just go i'm only going to represent the crossdressers in my geographic area everybody else can get bent you've had it too good for too long well now uh, that's that's kind of undermining the spirit of our representative republic at a minimum but CNN and the left—they live by this. If you're black, you gotta have. That's why they—you see this every ten years when they do redistricting. What is it? We're gonna make major, some majority black districts. It's wildly patronizing. And what is it saying? It's—it's it's usually well-to-do white politicians telling the uh, black politicians, black potential politicians, pat them on the head, and say, "Look, you, there's no way." There's no way you could make an argument and win a majority any place except for people who look like you. So don't worry. We're going to help you. We're going to build a district around you, around your skin color. And then all you've got to do is be black because that's really all you bring to the table, right? Here's your lollipop. Now go over there and we'll let you know when we need you to do something. It's wildly condescending. And it's not just black. It's Hispanic. It's Asian. It's everything. So out in San Francisco, when something, well, not just out in San Francisco, when something doesn't go according to plan for these leftists and their plan is straight up racism, they're very confused, alarmingly confused by the concept, as is the case in San Francisco. Look, you are Asian You're a minority. So you have to vote for Democrats, first of all. And then if we put up an Asian in front of you, you better vote for him because you're Asian. That's right. We've trained you well enough. Well, Asian voters in San Francisco are revolting against Democrats, not necessarily to Republicans. It is, after all, San Francisco, but they are. That is happening, too. But it is the race-based voting thing that is going the way of the dodo why because the left out in san francisco is just so damn crazy it doesn't matter if you got a box of dog dirt for christmas would you really care what the wrapping paper was on the box Well, this is Garfield wrapping paper. This is garbage. And of course, there's going to be poop inside of it. But what if it was really nice, expensive wrapping paper with a ribbon and a bow on it? Does it really matter? No, because you open it up, it's still going to be poop, right? Well, that somebody looks like you, if they are doing basically giving you poop, it doesn't really matter. If it's, well, it's a different, it's a better class of poop than the person who doesn't look like me is giving you. So San Francisco is now seeing Asian voters as their city council, as the government is getting more and more progressive, quote unquote. They're seeing people reject that. Now, people across the racial spectrum are rejecting it, but it's really happening and really demonstrated, particularly Within the Asian community, it's a very big minority in the city of San Francisco. And Democrats are terrified of losing any ethnic group. Also, Asians are being hit the hardest for whatever reason they do better in school than than most people. Even evil whitey, they do better. They do better in income than evil whitey. And San Francisco, in the interest of equity has been punishing kids who do well in school taking away ap courses they had a school for the gifted that used to have standards to get into but the san francisco city council decided that too many asians were getting in can you imagine too many asians getting in we need to change this and so they went from a merit-based system to a lottery-based system. And guess what happened? Fs and Ds exploded as grades in this school. Yeah, Fs and Ds, because they didn't really change the standards. That'll be next. They didn't really change the expectations. It's still a school for the advanced student, for the particularly intelligent student. They just said we're, but we're going to take everybody. We're going to draw names out of a hat. And quite frankly, parents have an inflated ego when it comes to their own children, an inflated understanding of what every. You're never, Well, you might hear a couple of parents every once in a while going, "Yeah, little Junior Billy's stupid. He's dumb. He's a, no way. Can't. We got to get him Velcro shoes. He can't handle a, a, a basic knot, and he's 15 years old. There's nothing we can do." Occasionally you'll hear that, but in general you won't. Every parent thinks, and that's part of the problem, everybody thinks their kid is super special and genius and above average. It's like Lake gone everywhere where every kid is above average. So there are going to be a whole bunch of people throwing their kids' names in the hats thinking, well, if they get into this school, that's the key to success. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. And they don't realize that maybe junior at age in age in grade five isn't quite ready for this maybe it can be look in grade five i wouldn't have been ready for it by ninth grade i was but in grade five i was put in when we got to the seventh grade because of the standardized test that i bombed i was put in the basic classes which is below normal by ninth, by actually by the end of the seventh grade i was in the advanced classes and everything but english but that's beside the point yes da, pinky out now ladies and gentlemen But I want to play you this CNN report because the CNN reporter is also Asian. And she acknowledges without seeming to recognize what's going on that she's doing, that Asians are supposed to vote for Asians. But the Asian community out there in a particularly heavily Asian Asian district voted against an Asian city council member, voted him out. And voted in a moderate Democrat white guy. Now that should should be a good thing. Should be hey you voted for who most identified with you politically? Who? It's a mystery to CNN. It's kind of the problem.
1: It Began in the pandemic with a spike in violent hate crimes targeting Asian Americans. <laughs> the right to feel safe when you walk on the street, the right to have access to decent public education, um, and the right to like be seen and heard. And yeah, I think we, we woke up. And voted into City Hall a moderate Democrat. I'm bringing it more to a moderate shade of blue, a common sense shade of blue. Yes. <laughs> Joel and Guardio, elected in November, beat the Chinese-American incumbent, becoming the first non-Asian in two decades to represent this majority Asian district. Ni hao, wu jiao, jali. Voters overlooked race and supported Engardio's campaign on public safety, Florida, merit-based public, public schools, and cutting Guardio. red tape for small businesses. Engardio of- also backed the recall of San Francisco's progressive district attorney last year, overwhelmingly supported by Asian American voters in the district. Is it a backlash of progressivism in our cities? Is, is that how you see it? To me, progressive is forward thinking, moving into the future, and building a better city. And for too long, we have not followed that definition of progressive. One of the Chinese mothers who campaigned and ushered okay. in Ingardio's upset is Aline Jew. I'll just pick this name because it's Asian. That's how I used to vote. That is not a good way to vote.
0: You think? Now, at least the mother there says it. Like, yeah, that's not a good way. I just, oh, well, this name is Asian. So there you go. I'm reminded of that Seinfeld episode where, uh, George was dating somebody named like uh, Sandy Lee or something like. Last name was Lee, and he's like, "You're just a white guy." Somebody took their advice because she thought she was Ch- George's mom. Took her advice because she thought she was Chinese, and it turns out she's just some white guy. Like, yeah, that's kind of the mentality because you got the CNN reporter saying, "Quote: Voters overlooked race," end quote, and back the white guy. Their overlooked race, and back the white guy. Now it's funny is CNN doesn't seem to get it. Anybody look? You, you got a whole bunch of Asian people getting the crap beat out of them on the streets, right? You'd think that Asian people would have a problem with that. So the politicians in there aren't really saying we're going to stop this attack on Asia because it wasn't Trump supporters. The what? Two of them in San Francisco. They probably live in fear of of being discovered. It was not Trump supporters, it was Democratic voters who were running around. You can see the surveillance footage and see who the hell's beating the hell out of everybody. You can just see it and witness it. So if your politician, your elected officials aren't really talking to that or aren't addressing it in any way, shape, or form that is really meaningful other than in lip service, you're going to vote for somebody else. You should vote for somebody else. But the real problem is that the crime is rampant because the city doesn't prosecute criminals anymore. The city embraces criminals. They're defunding the police and city council members are going, why can't police come to my neighborhood? Well, you voted to defund them. You took money away from their budget. There are fewer of them doing more things and there might be a little bit of to hell with you. You voted for this. This is what you get. But what's funny is, The CNN reporter, the CNN crew, they got robbed while they were doing this report. All the crime, the Asian reporter, the crew got, now she wasn't assaulted. It was stuff stolen out of their car, but they were robbed while doing a report about voters. They decided to do it just about Asians because an Asian voting bloc didn't vote for an Asian person. And that's the anomaly rather than the real problem is Democrats aren't addressing crime in any serious way and letting it run rampant in their major cities. But this is how the report ended. It's kind of funny.
1: And Kyung is with me now. And Kyung, you you know, you've been working on this piece and doing so much reporting on it. And then while you were actually shooting the story, uh, you know, and I guess it's ironic, but it's not. It sort of brings home how real this is and pervasive. You and your crew were the victims of a crime in San Francisco shooting this story. Uh, yeah, a little bit of a postscript on this story, a footnote, if you will. While we were inside talking to Supervisor and Guardio about street crime and his political rise because of it, this is what happened to our rental car. It was broken into, and this happened in four seconds. The reason why I know it's exactly four seconds is because we had hired professional security to watch our cars because... This is so pervasive. It is such a shared experience, and our bags were taken. Uh, We had it reported to the police. Then I heard from people all over the city, Erin, who say that they, too, had this experience. Our bags were returned. We're happy to report. But this is something that the people of San Francisco who did return our bags say that they are fighting to stop. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And I I guess just to make a pause and hope everyone heard what you say, that you have to have hired security to shoot a story in San Francisco, California. That is an incredible thing just on its own.
0: Yeah, they hired security. It must have been really bad security because it took them four seconds. Really? How do they? Because our hired security had a stopwatch on them or something? Like, what the hell? Wow, look, if it had been five seconds, we could have stopped them. That's our guarantee. That's our record right there. Within five seconds, we will act. But they were gone in four. You got to admire them. They they beat the system. Congratulations. That's the problem. It has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with race, but they have to, of course, frame it through race. Asians didn't vote for an Asians voted for a white guy. I think... Anybody would have looked at the beating holy hell out of individuals minding their own business on the street, and you got one politician saying nothing about it, and another one saying, hey, we should really do something to stop people from being beaten up on the street. You're probably going to vote for that. Don't go, oh, man, I'm opposed to having the crap beat out of me because of the way I look. But... I'll only vote for somebody who looks like me, so I guess there's nothing I can do. In order to have somebody who looks like me in this seat, I guess every once in a while, you just got to take a sucker punch to the jaw. And that's the deal, right? That it comes as a shock to CNN. It's and the reporter doesn't seem to have noticed, noticed the irony of it, either. The hired security. That they hired security going in there, and you're shocked. Why did you vote for a white guy? Well, uh you shouldn't ask that question cuz i can't help but notice the team of security you have around your rented minivan out there if if you come to interview me at city hall in broad daylight and you have your rented astro van surrounded by off duty cops because you're afraid your stuff's going to get stolen then maybe If you can't put two and two together there, maybe you shouldn't be in uh, the math teaching business, right? Should at some point common sense prevail? Unfortunately, it's just not nearly as common as it should be. So since Democrats are all about identity politics, they're also about delusions. They're also about insanity. They're also about this craziness where you can just pretend to be anything like this. Ladies, again, go to my... uh, Twitter account, you scroll down ways, and you'll see this weird blonde lady with what looks like a baby. It's her baby. She's got a whole collection of them. She does videos. She, does, she lives her life. She walks around. It looks like a sleeping baby. So if you didn't know any better, and there's pictures of her and, I don't know, some dude carrying around this sleeping baby. Maybe she can't have kids. I don't know. But I think she's actually just delusional because she thought she wouldn't ever have kids. Now, she can't have kids, according to the video. She thought she'd never have kids. She thought she'd be single forever. But she wants these to feel special. And so she fakes having kids and that's like, you're so messed up. You're so bizarre. There's something wrong with you. Now they're good for, again, I'll never tell anybody how to mourn. And if this is how you got to mourn a tragedy in your life of losing a child or miscarrying or what have you, then fine, go ahead. I'm not going to tell you you're nuts. I might think it, but I won't tell you because I mean, after maybe a couple of years, I'd probably tell you you're nuts, but in the In the heat of the moment, you can mourn however you gotta mourn, and I am down with that, but because of the indulgence of the left, because of the bizarre the weirdness of the left that they just in the identity politics, just pretend everything 's okay, whatever reality you decide you 're not a man you 're a woman, just you know forget the how you were born, forget the reality. It's creeping into other areas of life, like people spending thousands of dollars on realistic dolls to pretend that they're parents or to pretend they have kids or whatever the hell it is. I don't know. And then you get this story. We do have to get a handle on reality. At some point, you'd think, well, reality used to always win because it was reality. But as soon as like Oprah came around, And I know some people are going, Oprah, oh, you be careful. Careful what you say about Oprah. But when Oprah started with what? Oprah started with, uh, I don't know if she started, but around the time the rise of Oprah to like the massive Oprah brand thing, there was this thing that was celebrated by people who have gurus and people who have more money and time in their hands than they know what to do with. And it was this concept of your truth seek your truth there is no your there's just the truth there's your story it's your story it's unique to you and you could go through something you know with somebody else and see things completely differently remember things completely differently whatever it is but there is no your truth and my truth that's just the truth period but once you get this concept i'm living my truth Then there's really nothing off limits, which which leads us to this Fox News story. A 65 year old man allegedly repeatedly broke into a daycare center, stole diapers and left money and bizarre notes for staff that staff that asked them to, quote, play along while acting as if he were a baby girl. The Monroe County Sheriff's Department, Sheriff's Office, arrested Holly resident Daniel Steeler, 65, on February 18th. This story is just from today, how this managed to not be uh, known sooner, I don't know. Uh, after he allegedly broke in to Inspire Learning, children's, uh, learning and Child Care Center in the town of Clarkson, uh, about 20 miles west of Rochester, New York. The center's director told authorities that an employee on January 30th found $120 and a note that asked if the daycare had any adult-sized diapers and if employees could, quote, play along with him. The director said staff found a similar note accompanied by $200 a week later. The daycare center installed a surveillance camera after the first incident and alerted police. On the morning of February 11th, a Saturday, the surveillance system alerted staff of activity at the daycare center. Upon arrival at the facility, the director said she found that someone had rummaged through the diaper bin and left another note and more money. The note reportedly included sizes for pants shoes, bras, and dresses and indicated that the man wanted to play as a baby girl and referred to himself as Baby Danielle. The following Saturday, staff were again alerted by the security system and the video showed a man trying to put multiple diapers together to make a big one. The director said the man ran to the bathroom during the incident, pulled his pants down, put on the diaper, then put back his pants on and ran out of the child care center. The director called the police again and reported what she saw in the video. The incident also included Steeler allegedly drinking half a bottle of formula, using a bib, and stealing a total of three diapers. Steeler was arrested and charged with burglary petty larceny and petty larceny. He was released after an appearance ticket. Police had Steeler confessed to the string of instances and argued he was working through addiction. The daycare center's owners said staff did not know Steeler. And uh, there have since uh, they have since boosted security measures at the facility. But there are pictures circulating online. I am not entirely sure, not convinced that they are this person per se, but let's just say that they are an adult in baby regalia and you sit there and you think there's something fundamentally, mentally, seriously wrong with this person and you, of course, would be right. Yet... Thanks to the Democrat Party, you're not allowed to say that anymore. You're not allowed to think that anymore. You're not allowed to point that out anymore. It is all about uh, the games that people play. If you decide you lived some way, if you decide you identify some way, period, end of story, you are said things. Now, if you believe this when it comes to men and women, then what is there stopping you from going? Well, it has to be applied to age. It has to be applied to race. Your age is as absolute as your gender is. Your race is as absolute as your gender is. If you can change one, what is the argument for not being able to change another? There is none. Not a rational one. You're not dealing with rational people here. You're dealing with irrational people. You're dealing with crazy people here that have been overindulged for far too long because there is a political party and a political philosophy that just goes along with overindulging everybody. There is a political advantage to overindulging everybody. There will also be a price to be paid for overindulging everybody. At some point, there honestly will. What it ends up being, oh, every once in a while they'll get a Rachel Dolezal. Like, oh, this is an outrage. How dare you do that? But this one, let's see. uh, March 26, 2023, New York Post. One of Hollywood's leading Native American figures is being accused of faking her claims of Cherokee heritage, the Post can reveal. Now, we're not talking about Elizabeth Warren. Award winning Heather Ray, 56, serves on the Academy of Motion Pictures uh, Indigenous Alliance, previously headed up the Sundance Institute Native American program and claims, quote, my mother was Indian and my father was a cowboy, end quote. Multiple prior news reports have also cited her as having a Cherokee mother. But a watchdog group called the Tribal Alliance Against Frauds is now demanding the America, or the Academy, and the producers drop her false claims. While activists insist she is at best one two thousand forty-eighth Cherokee, that's actually twice as Native American, or no, it's half as Native American as Elizabeth Warren. The group accuses her of profiting from uh, usurping, quote, real American Indian voices and perspectives, end quote, and being a fraudulent, uh, being fraudulent, so-called pre-pretendian. Ray is married to another Hollywood producer, Russell Feinberg, and the eldest of three children is uh, is actress Johnny Sequoia, who currently stars in the reboot of Dexter. I don't know what the hell is going on. Ironically, Ray was caught up in the high-profile pretendian scandal that hit Hollywood. The producer was thanked by the Academy last year for brokering an apology to Sasheen Littlefeather. That's the woman who, uh, what's his face, Henry, not Henry, um, Marla Brando, sent up to accept his Oscar. La Little Feather was blacklisted in Hollywood for appearing on Marlon Brando's behalf to decline the 1973 Best Actor Oscar and jeered, as she spoke, up for Native Americans, claiming she was Apache. But after her death in October, Little Feather's sister revealed that she was a liar who faked her identity all along. Ray, <laughs> Ray is the latest target of Native American campaigners against people. Appropriating their ancestry and other high profile cases, including Dem- Massachusetts Democrat Senator Elizabeth Warren, who apologized for quote mistakes by claiming to be Cherokee. Tests showed she was uh, one 1024th 1, Native American. The Tribal Alliance Against Frauds Director Lilana Castillo and Cast- Constantino. I don't know about that one. That sounds like Italian, like the mafia took it over. Told the post, quote, being an American Indian person is not just about who you claim to be. It's about who claims you. And it's much more than just a race. We are citizens of sovereign nations. Being Indian is a legal political distinction. Very interesting. Very interesting. Now, here's the question to ask yourself. If the United States of America is this horrible racist cesspool that the left claims it to be, why are so many people clamoring to claim minority status if it's just so horrible and oppressive? Why is it that people are claiming minority status? Why is it if it's a transphobic, homophobic, horrible, awful, if it's so bad why are people clamoring to claim all of these things to pretend to be all of these things what benefit is there because there's currency in victimhood that's the problem that's the mental deficiency that goes on in our society is we now have we've we've elevated victimhood used to feel bad like sympathy for real victims But you didn't want to be a pity-worthy loser who just can't handle things themselves. No, that's not how life was and not certainly what was celebrated until recently. And so we have this situation. This is maybe one of my all-time favorite pieces on CNN. And CNN has done some doozies over the years. And it's an illustration of just how in how short supply racism is that we have to make it up, that the left has to make it up because there's such a demand for it. CNN, maybe you shared that viral video of Kimberly Sweet Brown Wilkins telling a reporter after narrowly escaping a an apartment fire, quote, ain't nobody got time for that, end quote. Perhaps you posted a meme of supermodel Tyra Banks exploding in anger on America's next top model. Quote, I was rooting for you. We are all rooting for you, end quote. Or maybe you simply posted popular GIFs such as uh, one of NBA great Michael Jordan crying or drag queen RuPaul declaring, girl... If you're black and you've shared such images online, you get a pass. But if you're white, you may have inadvertently perpetuated one of the most insidious forms of contemporary racism. Now, one of the most insidious forms of contemporary if the what is it? You may be wearing quote digital blackface end quote. Now, if digital blackface is one of the quote most insidious forms of contemporary racism end quote, then we really are out of racism. We really are out of. If this is it, if this is the best you can point to, well, we've gone from slavery to uh, memes to memes to, to to white people posting memes that involve black people. Post, you posted a GIF. That involves a black person. My God, it's horrible. It's just the exact same thing. No, it's nowhere near it. Now, the headline of this piece is, what's digital blackface? And why is it wrong when people use it? Now, I don't post memes normally because I'm an adult and I can communicate with words. But when I do, I've never given thought about what they look like. Uh, It's just what the message is. But this is where we are. This is written by somebody called John Blake. He's a senior writer at CNN and author of, quote, more than I imagined. What a black man discovered about the white mother he never knew. End quote. It sounds like I can't wait for the Netflix series on this. He concludes... Uh, is Sweet Brown the victim of digital blackface, or did she benefit from the exposure? It's a tough question. But in the meantime, if you are a white person who is contemplating using a "hold my wig" GIF, you should consider the advice Jackson offers to her Teen Vogue in her Teen Vogue essay to white people who play act being black online. I'm not. I never. What I'm not Justin Trudeau. You know, first of all. I don't get to hang around with the president of the United States. Joe Biden right now, you want to talk about digital blackface, you want to talk about digital blackface because you don't want to talk about literal blackface. The president of the United States spent the weekend palling around with a dude who did literal blackface on multiple occasions. And that's cool. That's cool. The governor, former governor of Virginia did literal black. Well, there's a possibility that he was also the Klansman. I don't know which one he is. But the, I would say that literal blackface is probably worse than digital blackface. But not to the left. We're out of problems. Continues. Jackson writes, quote, if you find yourself always reaching for a blackface to release your inner sass monster, maybe consider going the extra country mile and pick uh, this nice Taylor Swift gif instead. Gif or jif. I don't know what it is. 'Cause white people, you just gotta mind your own and there's no problem with Hispanics apparently, or Asians doing it, I guess. But I did a little bit of research. I just I it was a real quick search because it is important. I don't want to be accused of digital blackface in my gifts. But somebody called Stephen Earl with Wilt, Wilt, W-I-L-H-I-T-E. He passed away a year ago, March, 2022. He was a computer scientist who worked for CompuServe and he was the one who created the GIF, the GIF or whoever, you, but he created it. Therefore, anybody who is a white guy, by the way, that's the first picture that comes up is him in a bow tie. So he's like a really white guy. And so if you are not a white person, you should not be using a a GIF at all, right? And I mean, if you take the left's stupidity to its natural conclusion, that's really the only conclusion that can be drawn, is it not? It's weird how they always stop just short, right at the point where it stops being useful to them. They stop. Hmm. Coincidence? I don't think so. As we wrap it up today, I've got two more clips I want to play you just because they are hilarious. We go back to 2008. We've got Al Gore and John Kerry back to back promising that experts were saying in five years, which would have made it 2013, the polar ice caps will be gone. There'll be nothing in the summer. It'll be, oh, it'll just be... It didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. But here they are making these proclamations anyway.
2: There is a 75% chance that the entire North polar ice cap during summer, during some of the summer months could be completely ice free within the next five to seven years. You
0: have... Sea ice, which is melting at a rate that the Arctic Ocean now increasingly is exposed. In five years, scientists predict we will have the first ice-free Arctic summer. It was all over. We're going to die. The water's going to boil. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. Well, now we have John Kerry from just over the weekend. And... Uh, <laughs> He's been caught multiple times lying about flying private and caring about the environment. And he was asked about this, and him and all his, his rich pals, because Kerry's a billionaire. And this is what they had to say.
1: Private aviation is, is an example of something where people are starting to pay more attention. And um, But when uh, you know people who go to Davos to talk about climate change fly private, it seems like they don't want to make... Um, well they actually
0: I've talked to them about it. They offset. They yeah. buy offsets, they offset and they are working harder than most people I know to be able to try to affect this transition. Right. They buy they buy offsets. They buy off they give rich companies money to tell tribal areas around the world and third world countries to switch off the air conditioner or uh, plant a tree. Or something. So they buy offsets. Oh, okay. So you can just uh, you can jet off on a private jet around the world as long as you put in an acorn in the ground. John, is that is that how it works, dude? They buy offsets, and these people wouldn't lie. No, they pinky swore to me. I buy offsets too. I use my wife's ketchup money to do it. Yeah, you're being lied to, ladies and gentlemen course you are. That's all the time we have for today. I appreciate you listening. We'll be back to do it all again tomorrow because the stupidity never stops. Thanks for listening.